Uh, let's talk about practicing the presence of God. Can I see a show of hands? How many of you know that title from Brother Lawrence's classic? And Okay, great. So we're among a community that loves Brother Lawrence and that knows Brother Lawrence. Um, I'd like to take you to the monastery tonight a little bit and um, to get into Brother Lawrence's thought. And then for the last maybe five minutes or so, we'll break out into small groups and, and go through a prayer exercise. But let's jump straight in. I've got a slide deck that I'm going to share with you. So let me just get that going. So let's talk about practicing the presence of God. First of all, who was this Brother Lawrence guy? Uh, well, he wasn't born with the title of, or the name Brother Lawrence. He came to be known as Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. That's the way he was known. But he's a 17th century uh, Carmelite monk. For, technically, he belonged to a group called the, um, let's see, the uh, Discalced Carmelites. So that is the sandalless Carmelites, the barefoot Carmelites. He was born in um, 1614 and died in 1691 um, and was born in fr France, uh, but is known to the world through this little tiny writing that he left to us called Practicing the Presence of God. Um, here's the church in his hometown. I don't think this actual building uh, dates back to the 17th century. It may, but anyway, this is a prominent landmark in, in his town today. Um, there are a lot of different editions of this text, and it's a short edition. It's in the public domain out of copyright, so you'll find it in all kinds of different editions. You can see some of them up there. This one on the left is my favorite edition. It's got the foreword by Henry Nowen. If you have yet to purchase your copy, there's a little tip for you. I don't get any royalties from this, but that's the, the edition that I found best and most useful. We wouldn't even have this book except that the abbot, where Brother Lawrence was a cook, gathered up his writings, which were mostly in the form of letters, and preserved them after Brother Lawrence's death in 1692. What we have in this little treatise is four conversations and 15 letters, and it's not a systematic teaching. For those of you who, who love systematic theology or like clear teaching, um, this is really from the heart. We can distill it into a couple of principles, very simple principles, but it's a teaching from the heart, and we can see this man, uh, we can watch the way that he unfolds his prayer technique through these different conversations that he carries out in these letters, and through a couple conversations that Joseph de Beaufort puts down in this book that we have. Um, the book is renowned. I saw most of your hands up when I asked how many of you have read the text, so it's still very widely read among the community that cares about intercession, and it comes with very high regard. Those of you probably uh, who know Brother Lawrence may also know A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer was a huge fan of this book. He wrote, this is A.W. Tozer speaking, one of the purest souls ever to live on this fallen planet was Brother Lawrence. He wrote very little, but what he wrote has seemed to several generations of Christians to be so rare and so beautiful as to deserve a place near the top among the world's great books of devotion. Uh, if that wasn't enough, uh, Henry Whittall Smith, I'm guessing here, maybe you don't know this name, but um, those of you with a background maybe in holiness tradition will know Hannah Whittall Smith. 
a famous Christian writer for her book, The Christian's Secret of a Happy Life. And she said of, of um, Brother Lawrence's work, this little book seems to me one of the most helpful I know. So it really is a powerful book. Brother Lawrence, in, in the practice of the presence of God and in his unfolding of his own spirituality, he relates this experience that he had of his own conversion. He was 26 years old, and for the rest of his life, this moment of his conversion lived with him. Apparently, he was walking out one day, and it was a winter day before the trees had come back um, on the trees on the, on the springtime of that year, and he was deeply struck with the impression of God's providence. God is utterly in control. As he looked out at these leafless trees, he had no doubt that life would return to these trees, that sap would again start flowing, that the leaves would, would bud, uh, um, and that life would be restored to these apparently dead trees. And he was so struck with this impression that that's exactly what God is doing all the time. God is constantly giving out his life to his creatures. This is, this is Brother Lawrence in his own words, and he remembers this impression, this moment, as his conversion. It was a moment that stuck with him. Here are Brother Lawrence's own words on the event. During that winter, upon seeing a tree stripped of its leaves and considering that within a, a little time the leaves would be renewed and after that the flower and fruit would appear, Brother Lawrence received a high view of the providence and power of God, which has never been effaced from his soul. This view had perfectly set him loose from the world and kindled in him such a love for God that he could not tell whether it had increased in the 40 years that he had since lived. Uh, pardon me, those weren't Brother Lawrence's own words. They are directly quoted from the practice of the presence of God, but that's Joseph de Beaufort, the abbot, relating this story that he had heard many times from, from uh, Brother Lawrence. Well, <clears throat> now, sounds like many of you know, but um, to many of us who don't know the story of Brother Lawrence, it's a tremendous surprise to find out that he wasn't um, some sort of great spiritual uh, discipler he wasn't um, a prominent person in his community. He, he played a very humble role. He was the cook. He was the cook and the tailor, or the, uh, yes, the tailor. So he, uh, cobbler, actually, I should say. He was also the cobbler. He also repaired sandals for the other brothers in the monastery. But these were lowly positions. He's better remembered for his position as a, uh, in the kitchen. Um, he didn't particularly enjoy his work. And Perhaps today as well, we might have a bias against this type of menial work as somehow less spiritual. That's a bias that persists through many different cultures. It persisted in, in Lawrence's own day too. And so when he was assigned to kitchen duty, his first inclination was that this was somehow of a more material or less significant spiritually um, um, endeavor for him. But he learned through these menial tasks, these menial tasks of service, that he could find the presence of God just as fully in these moments as he could in the most high, uh, the, the highest and most elevated spiritual experiences available at the monastery. Um, it's encouraging me, to me to remember that Brother Lawrence didn't think of himself as a, a very sophisticated or artistic type. No, he describes himself as a great, awkward fellow who broke everything. 
you can imagine him bumbling around in there in his kitchen, breaking all kinds of dishes and irritating the other brothers. And, and it was in that context of the lowliness of his work and the insecurity of his own personhood in this monastery where he found the sweetest and most sublime experience of God's presence. Um, you'll have to read the book for yourself to get all of the, the nuances of his teaching. But basically, Brother Lawrence, in this spiritual classic, gives us two steps to his approach to prayer. The first approach is to live all of life in reference to God. He says this, we should establish ourselves in a, in a sense of God's presence by continually conversing with him. It's like it's prayer is um, holding a conversation with God and that conversation with God can be about all of our most mundane experiences around us. So simply by beginning the conversation with God, by articulating what's happening in light of God's presence, we invoke God's presence in our situations to live all of life in reference to God. Brother Lawrence, oh, let me actually read the citation for us here. This is again, Joseph de Beaufort's paraphrase of, and that's the closest that we have to Brother Lawrence's own words on his technique of prayer. He writes this, our sanctification did not depend upon changing our works. Instead, it depended on doing that for God's sake, which we commonly do for our own. He thought it was lamentable to see how many people mistook the means for the end, addicting themselves to certain works, which they performed very imperfectly by reason of their human or selfish regards. The most excellent method he had found for going to God was that of doing our common business without any view of pleasing men, but purely for the love of God. Let me hit that last line again. Doing our common business without any view of pleasing men, but purely for the love of God. Doing the perfectly ordinary, but, but consciously directing that effort and that mundane activity for the love of God. That is the core of what Brother Lawrence is talking about when he talks about practicing the presence of God. Brother Lawrence, in his book, he gives a wonderful example of when he was asked by the brothers at the monk to go to a nearby village and to purchase a cart full of wine. Um, and Brother Lawrence was a little resentful of this task because apparently he had a bad foot. And so traveling was especially arduous for him. But and, uh, you know, it was very difficult for him to load the wagon and unload the wagon, but he, it was his turn in the rotation, so he goes to the nearby village. But he makes a breakthrough in realizing that even as uncomfortable as this work is for him, and instead of fighting with the, the feelings of unfairness or bitterness that he might have had to his brothers, directing his mind to realize, I'm doing this for the love of God. I'm not just doing this because my name appeared on the sheet and it was my rotation. I'm doing this for the love of God. And Brother Lawrence was able to break through again and again, constantly through the mundane into the presence of God. That's Brother Lawrence's main principle, doing everything for the love of God. How many of you have read or heard of um, Ken Boa's uh, newer book? I think it's a 2017 book, but it's called um, Living in Life in the Presence of God. I think Life in the Presence of God. Ken Boa basically writes a modern commentary on this principle. And Ken Boa is an amazing 
uh, writer if, if there's an audio book edition of the book available as well. It's a great book. There's also a study guide that can come with the book. But whatever version you may choose, Ken Boa's book, Life in the Presence of God, takes this principle and helps unfold it in, a, in a, what that would mean for us today to do everything for the love of God. Let's see. I think we have a moment or two here, so I'd like to take the time to quickly look at some scriptures. And can I, is it possible for me to ask three of you to, to simply unmute yourself and to read these scriptures? Um, can someone read to me 1 Thessalonians 5, 15 to 19? Somebody unmute yourself and identify that you'd be willing to do that, please. I could do that. Perfect. And then who would be willing to read John 15, 1 to 4? Who's got that? Please don't be bashful. I'll do that. Thank you so much. And then the third voice. So there was the second voice that was a woman's voice. You read John 15. And then the third voice, um, please read Galatians 5, 13 through 16. We'll simply have these read to us. And listen in these um, intensely focused uh, verses of spiritual insight on how to live the Christian life ruminate also on brother Lawrence's interpretation of these, these, uh, um, these verses that we are to do everything for the love of God and that everything then can become an avenue of prayer for us. Uh, first reader, please. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Thank you so much. And our second reader. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Amen, thank you very much. And our third reader, please. Um, I'm reading Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 to 16. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another. Thank you to all of our readers. This is what Brother Lawrence is getting at, also identified in these, these classic texts of what it means to pray without ceasing, to abide in Christ, to walk by the Spirit. Brother Lawrence's paraphrase of these scriptural teachings is that we do everything for the love of God. Now, I said there was two steps to Brother Lawrence's pattern of prayer. Really, there's just a single step. 
and that is to invite God in our minds into our present moment. But the second step, or the why I say there's a second step, is because Brother Lawrence is aware that we often fall out of this space of conscious, consciously reflecting on God or orienting our activities to God's purposes. So what the second step then would be, what do we do when we sin? And that could be an explicit sin or simply when we're guilty of the sin of forgetfulness, forgetting God. What, what do we do? Brother Lawrence's wisdom there is uh, to repent in our hearts, but, there, but immediately to come back to the, to the presence of God uh, wherever we find ourselves. Many of us are Christians from uh, traditions that, um, you know, we really believe in penance. If, you're gonna, if you sin, brother or sister, we want you to feel really, really bad about what you do, okay? That can often be part of a, of a, a Christian tradition or a particular church background. Brother Lawrence's intention is that we would repent sincerely, but not prolong that repentance and enter almost immediately back into the presence of God. So step two, uh, he says, when we fail to live into the presence of God, return into God's uh, presence in repentance without dwelling on our past sins. Uh, maybe it's a personality type. Maybe it's a particular background in Christianity, but often we'll hold on to our sins and, and you know, wonder, are we feeling badly enough for whatever it is that we did? Have we, have we uh, confessed enough to earn God's um, uh, love for us again? And what Brother Lawrence correctly observes here is that we're not earning God's love by our acts of repentance. We want our repentance to be sincere. We don't want to repeat our sins, absolutely not, but enter immediately back into the presence of God um, with the full, full uh, realization that God is just as there as he always was for you. A.W. Tozer, again, the, the modern, um, something of a modern mystic, but modern commentator there on Brother Lawrence says, Brother Lawrence expressed the highest moral wisdom when he testified that if he stumbled and fell, he turned at once to God and said, Oh, Lord, this is what you may expect of me if you leave me to myself. He then accepted forgiveness, thanked God, and gave himself no further concern about the matter. What I would like to do now, brothers and sisters, is to practice this element briefly. And let's see, Jonathan Frizz, do you have the ability to put us into small groups, maybe? Oh, I'm... Zaim, looks like your host, so you are the only one with the ability to put us into breakout rooms. If you could put us in a, in a moment to breakout rooms of maybe five people, that would be perfect. Here's what I'd like you to do in your, your time of breakout. Brother Lawrence's method of practicing the presence of God is, is basically simply this, to do whatever we do for the love of God. That is, to do whatever we do for God's sake. And I want us then to practice for maybe about eight minutes of prayer together in small groups to practice that, that element. You'll be praying very personally. You'll be praying about the, the small things of your day. You'll be praying about a small part of your family dynamic or a concern that's on your mind. And I want you to share as a, as a small group directly to God. Don't, don't take the time to share with one another about these things, but pray them out. Go directly to prayer and pray out how is it that you can do these things that are uh, of concerns to you or, or joys to you in this, in, in this day? How can you orient them uh, for the love of God and for the sake of God?
Let's go to our breakout rooms. And I'm not hearing from Zayim. So I, I need Zayim, our- Zayim, are you, are you with us? Jonathan, could you just review exactly what you want us to do in the breakout rooms again? Yes, so I want us to practice Brother Lawrence's central principle of doing all things for the love of God. So name a few things in your day-to-day -day or in your immediate context that you can do for the love of God and pray those out to God. Task, for example. Jonathan, sorry about that. We, um, Zaim is our recording ninja, and um, the rooms, he it was just taking him too long to figure it out. It's his first time. So I think sure. it might be best with our six minutes just to stay together. Great. Great. Does anybody have any comments or questions? We'll do two minutes of that, we'll do four minutes of prayer. Anybody have a reflection you'd like to make or a question? Angela, go ahead, please. Um, this is a very interesting topic that um, I've had to uh, learn a little bit of the hard way without having read the book. Um, I work in a, a bank and the Lord gave me this job. But for me, it was really difficult to reconciliate working for the bank and working for the Lord in the same time. Hmm. So I spent most of my first year resisting the job instead of practicing the presence in the job. Uh, so that was quite, until I started to accept uh, uh, where I was hmm. and try and find the Lord in the midst of it. I was really having a hard time. And so it's very interesting how uh, this is exactly what you're saying, you know, you have, mm. uh, and, um, and at times I still struggle, you know, because it's so foreign to mm -hmm. you know, the love of money and all these scriptures keep coming back to your mind and you just think, Oh my gosh, but mm. the Lord has really used it mm, to model and fashion my character. Praise um, God. Uh, but it, yeah, so I just thought I'd share that. Praise God. That's exactly what Brother Lawrence is talking about. Angela, stay with us. And actually, as we transition to prayer in just a moment, maybe even please pray out of that space because God has been working in your heart the lessons that we're all trying to get here. So even if you would pray that out to God, that would be instructive for us. Any other comments or thoughts? Um, since I read this book, um, five years ago i haven't stopped uh thinking about it and um my uh, um, a bunch of um uh, veterans taught me how to just stop and breathe deeply um uh, and 
uh, instead of fight or flight, you, you're choosing to stay in the spirit, to stay in your, I, I like to think of it as my right brain, um, and uh, to say no to the anxiety. And so when I feel my chest tighten, I say, anxiety, I renounce you. And in the all-powerful name of Jesus, I choose to trust him. He, and I confess he has always been good and worthy of my trust. And I denounce the anxiety. Amen. Amen. We want to be respectful of the next set coming, but we have three minutes. Let's dedicate those to prayer. And these are exactly the type of uh, dynamics being described that we want to pray out of. Please go ahead. Let's join in prayer. So, Father, I thank you that, um, that, Lord, you are even in the most difficult situations and that you, Lord, your presence is powerful. Lord, even under the most um, difficult pressures and fast-paced work, every person and every action uh, can be dedicated to you. And Lord, when we can find you in the midst of all the pressures of work and all the difficulties of communication at work with people that hate you, people that curse you daily, Father, that is such a miracle in itself. And so, Father, I just thank you. I thank you that there is a way to find you in the midst of the world, in the midst of animosity, in the midst of great uh, persecution even um, there is a way to find you and so father i just pray that there would be an increase in finding the presence of the lord in the midst of deep uh, oppression and deep affliction in yeshua's name amen we have time for one more prayer please go ahead thank you lord that in my day by day, you teach me proverbs that say, put in my hands your works and I will clarify your thinking. Um, this, is, this is a word for me for the day by day, my ordinary things that I am doing. Oh Lord, thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your company and for everything, Lord. Um, be my center from my heart to the heaven, Lord. Oh, Jesus Christ. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Back to you, Jonathan. 